Welcome. We are excited that you have joined us today. You will be listening to a powerful sermon from God's anointed servant, Pastor Emmanuel Abina, as he takes us on an exciting exploration and discovery of life-changing principles from God's Word. Get ready to go to another level of your God-given destiny through the application of timeless principles. May the eyes of your understanding be enlightened as you listen in Jesus' name. congratulate you on this occasion blessed be our eyes that see these things glory to Jesus hallelujah if you have your bible with you your phone if you don't have it just look at the screen we'll be reading from 2nd Samuel chapter 12 verse 1 to 7 Leda tosian de carosi prastalia. Malera tosa hactedia tore. Jalera haskelero paja. Yeah, if you are there, I read. Then the Lord sent Nathan to David, and he came to him and said to him, there were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb. Some people call it a way, it's not a will. Which he had bought and nourished, and they grew up together with him and with his children. He read of his own food and drank from his own cup and lay in his bosom and it was like a daughter unto him. And a traveler came to the rich man who refused to take from his own flock and from his own heart to prepare one for the wayfaring man who had come to him. But he took man's lamb and prepared for the man who had come to him. So David's anger was greatly aroused against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this surely shall die. And he shall restore fourfold for the lamb because he, had, he did this thing and because he had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus said the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel and delivered you from the hand of Saul. Hallelujah. A story was told, probably you've had it before, about nations of the world coming before God. America came before God and asked, about God, when will I reach my, no, God, when will I reach my promised land? God, as some would like to call it. God told them, don't worry, it's also a number of years. 
Britain came. God told them the years. Germany came. God told them the years. Then it got to the turn of Nigeria. Nigeria came. And God was shaking his head. God said, not in my lifetime. When you look at the enormity of the problems that Nigeria is facing, you are likely to agree with that story. And it would have been funny if it were not critical. Because as a nation, we tend to be going around in circles. Most of you will remember Vision 2020. This is the year that we are promised that everything will be alright in Nigeria. This is the year when you will not have a problem with electricity. This is the year when you will not have a problem with transportation. This is the year when there will be no strikes. This is the year Nigeria will be a developed nation. So what went wrong? Every great future begins with a vision. The father of Dubai stood on a bare desert land and he was looking at the sand and he envisioned what we see of Dubai today. Every great future begins with a vision. But the problem with a vision that is unrealized is that vision without action is just a dream. A vision without action is an experimentation in frustration. When you have vision and there is no commensurate action to back it up, you have signed up for frustration. And it doesn't matter whether you spend 24-7 in the church praying to God. Some things don't answer to prayer, they answer to action. And that's why you see the Bible, God will say, arise and shine. Moses was faced with the problem, he was at the Red Sea, he stood there and he said, stand still today, you will see the salvation of God. God said, no, David, that's your own passion. Here's my own passion, go forward. Action. Why? Problem responds to action. Problem responds to effort. Inaction causes problems to perpetuate itself. When you ignore a problem, that problem will begin to grow bigger and it may, be, it may even go beyond your reach. And some of the problems that we have faced in Nigeria are not new. They are problems that other nations have faced. And our approach to solving the problem also determines whether the problem will be solved or not. One of our approaches is to hope that someday everything will be just okay. But hope is not a strategy. You are just hoping there, you are just hoping. It's not a strategy. Anybody can hope. Hope doesn't change things. Hope energizes you to change things. So you must be very, very conversant about that. Now, at 60, we are the richest nation in Africa. 
the richest black nation in the whole world. Yet we are the home to the poorest of the poor in Africa. What a paradox. By the year 2050, Nigeria will be the third most populous country in the whole world. This same Nigeria will be the most popular. You are saying that after China, which is one point something billion, be one billion. India, then Nigeria. Because at that time, we will be around 402 million people. That's according to United States, United Nations project, population projection. And they are usually right with these things because they are putting the various metrics that will, you know, ensure that all these uh, is a reliable forecast by 2050. Today, unemployment rate is soaring very high. The country is in another economic problem. Someone was saying over the radio, I don't know how far it's true, how far that is true, he said 40% of the accounts in Nigeria are domiciliary accounts. Because people are discovering that holding the Naira is no longer valuable, it's worthless. So you have to keep stable currencies like the dollar, the pound, and even sometimes the sapphire is even doing better, or the CD. So that's the situation in which we have found ourselves today. Africa seems to be played by a cause. We know how to fight for independence, but we fail to maintain our independence. We are rushing back again to be decolonized. And that happens when people have discovered, developed an attitude of consuming and not contributing. Nigerians are avid consumers. We import almost everything from toothpick to... And then you begin to ask yourself. Even there are imported brooms. You begin to ask yourself, what are we really doing? We have universities everywhere. What are the research that they have turned out that will make Nigeria a better nation? What are the problems Nigeria is facing? If I may ask you, what do you consider to be the greatest problem that we are facing? Can anyone answer? We should be conversant with this, yes? Mismanagement of resources, in other words, corruption, Abi. Yeah, which other, which other problem? Leadership, too. Any other problem? Infrastructural problem, yeah. Visionless leaders see go back to leadership. And we can go on and on and on like that. And you'll be very correct with all that you have said. These are problems that Nigeria, Nigeria has been battling with from day one. And it's my hope that it's my hope that in this service. We we'll have a solution and we we'll have a way forward. 
and the God of heaven will help us. Now, I'm going to start with a question because when you want to troubleshoot something, you have to start with questions. Problems are the bad place of ideas. When you run away from problems, you will be bereaved of ideas. You will be bankrupt of ideas. A lot of people, they, rub, they run away from solving problems. They push it to another person, solve it for me. And when you're asking them for ideas, they lack, they lack ideas because the bad place of all ideas are problems. Ideas exist to solve problems. Anytime you find yourself that ideas are not flowing, start thinking of problems and start thinking of how to solve them and you discover that ideas will start flowing. And so, we're going to attempt to troubleshoot Nigeria and see what is wrong and come up with a viable solution that hopefully we have this nation. When Nigeria was 50 years, I wrote my treaties, I submitted, I talked about what I feel that Nigeria should do as a nation. Talked about what they should do about transportation, networking of the 775 local government via railway. Jonathan was president at that time. I said that Nigeria is not a developing nation. That that term called developing is to lie to us about the reality of where we are as a nation. The world only recognizes two categories of nations. Developed countries, developing nations. But there's a third category to which Nigeria belongs. And if we must move out of the problem that we are in, we must be able to tell us the truth. I told you some time ago that one of the secrets of success that they don't teach you in school is to be brutally honest with yourself. Because when you are brutally honest with yourself, you can see clearly. And then you are able to make clear decisions. Clarity is essential when solving any problem. And so Nigeria belongs to a third category along with Zimbabwe. Retrogressing nation. A retrogressing nation is a nation that has progressed before but is now taking steps backwards. After independence, we have education that is working. Now, we have education that is not working. After independence, we had health system that is working. Now, we have health system that is broken down. After independence, the value of Naira to a dollar, Naira, 70 Kobo, 70 we exchange for one dollar. Today in the parallel market is 468 to what? To one dollar. We are we progressive? So don't let them lie to you when economists tell you that Nigeria is a developing country. What is developing? When you don't tell yourself the truth, if the premise is wrong, the conclusion will also be wrong. It will be wrong. And so the road to salvation, national salvation, national deliverance for our nation is to first start by telling ourselves the raw truth. Unfortunately, we are a nation that hates the truth. 
People don't endure the truth, even in the church. People who speak the truth are usually the enemy of the populace. People who stand up for what is right are the enemies of everybody. But you know, good men are not necessarily nice men. Great men are not necessarily nice men. Because greatness is driven not by desire for reputation. Because usually reputation is mode or modeled or formed by the whims of the opinion of the people. And today they may say Hosanna. Tomorrow they will say crucify. But there is a better way to live is to live for a legacy. Those who live for reputation, their reputation dies with them. Where are they today? Where are those big presidents with big names? Where are they today? But those who leave a legacy, how long after they are dead, they continue to live on. The God that we serve is a God of legacy. God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, of David. I'm saying this because I've met people everywhere. They will say, I don't want them to mention my name. How then do you expect Nigeria to be good? Ah, I don't want them to talk about me. My own is JJ. If that was the approach of Martin Luther King Jr. and they are still battling with racism today in the U.S., will the blacks have the level of freedom that they have? That's the state of the nation. So, as a nation, we continue to grapple and look for solution. But the solution comes when we tell ourselves the truth. If I ask you another question, you've already pointed me to where the problem is. You say, bad leadership, corruption, I had a few more. Poverty, mismanagement, ethnicity, and all that. Some years back, in the university, some cultists came to the campus and they fought. And you know the best time when cultists strike. The last exam, final year, and they will come and kill. They came, they wrecked that work. Mobile policemen were called in. And when the mobile policemen came, they shot some people, some of the courties. There was one courties that was on the ground bleeding to death. Spending his last hours on that blood oozing out of major arteries that have been severed by the bullets. He was down. And students were gathered all around and they were watching. There was one particular student that was also there to gain a clear view. 
he moved to the front. You know, when you are in circles, so people are in the front, some are at the back. And he was watching. And everybody were blaming these courtiers. Ah, God don't cash you. And then destroy this, that, that, that. And they are talking all the that. And suddenly, the guy also that was engaging them and talking, something loosed in his loins. And an axe dropped. The mobile man called his AK-47. He said, everybody, step back. And emptied a round of bullets into the guy. The guy fell down. And blood was oozing out. He bled to death there. That's usually the case with Nigeria. It's very easy for us, especially in occasions like this, to engage in leadership bashing. Our leaders are bad. They are responsible for the problem of Nigeria. Our leaders are the ones that destroy Nigeria. But from the simple definition of leadership, it tells me that everyone is a leader. So what are we saying? Every one of us is bad. Nathan was saying to David, he said, you are the man. David was quick to pass judgment. He said, as the Lord liveth, that man must die. Imagine that Kingdom House is a nation. Will it be a developed country? Just imagine by yourself. Or a developing country. Or a retrogressing country. Little things do matter because little things foretell big things. And when you don't begin to take care of little things, big things will elude you. In your workplace, imagine that your workplace is Nigeria. Will it be a developing country, a developed country, or a retrogressing country based on your effort? Your own effort. I've talked about kingdom as based on your own effort, your own input. They all gathered round to stone the woman that was found in adultery. Then Jesus started writing their sin down one by one. And you know what? Everybody picked their own stone. Because it is easy to be a judge in other people's case and a lawyer in your own. Oh, you don't understand. It's because of this. And I've listened to all kinds of noise within the body of Christ. Oh, if I were there, the department where you are, what change have you executed there? Ah, if I were the governor of Lagos State, if I were your fashola, if I were this, if I were Amechi, where you are? What have you done? Well, what have you done where you are? In your home, what have you done? 
Albert Einstein was saying, he said, I want to quote him correctly. We cannot solve our problem with the same thinking we used when we created them. Everywhere you go, even in churches, you discover that they are a mirror of the problem in the society. A mosque, mirror of the problem in the society. And that's not God's plan for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has a destiny on the earth. If the church fails, everything fails. Take the church out of Nigeria and this nation we have. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So we must begin to do everything about how we go about it. And in case you are not convinced about what I'm saying, who are the people that are behind the raping and killing? Is it the government? Are they the one killing? Bro, I don't know if you have that picture. Please show it on the screen. We have abandoned the task of nation building. On April 13 this year, these three boys, they were accused of trying to kill their friend. One is a 16-year-old boy, Ademola Emmanuel. There's another one, Samson Badejo, 18. And they were arrested by the Ogun State Police. And they said they connived to kill him just because he was the most brilliant in the class. We decided to kill him because in our street, they only regard him because he's brilliant. Among us, he's the only one they give gifts, even in school. They abuse us as friends that we are dollars. So many times our parents will tell us to be like Timothy. They call us fools and all sorts of names just because he's brilliant. In case you think the story you read about Joseph in the Bible is a, is a folklore or, or just a myth, that's, that's a Nigerian example. Is it the government that is responsible for this? You are the one. When in the church your child misbehaves and they correct your child, this is what creates children like this. That's not the portion of your children in Jesus' name. You are the one. You are the one. When you are causing nepa people to help you tweak the meter so that it will not read normally, and your 2,000 naira can last for 10 months, you are the one. It's not a question of tell them. Everybody. Somebody on Twitter gave a message to MTN during the week. He said, Nigerians are stealing your free data by typing star 131 star 205 ash. In case you intend to type it, it's no longer working. You say, ah, you see, ah, you are the one. <laughs> Free data. And everybody was abusing the guy. Ah, you are a fool. 
Why will you tell empty? You see, that's where the problem is. You are saying to me that if you have a, an opportunity to be in government, your own is to that data. Now you are now sitting on millions of pounds, billions of dollars. You are telling me you will not steal. And that's how we deceive ourselves as believers. Not having an opportunity to sin is, depend, is different from when you have the opportunity and you say no to sin. You have not been tempted with some things. And that's how you can say, ah, those people. By the grace of God, I don't know it was the way God organized my destiny. I've been around leaders all my life. Church leaders, international leaders, government leaders, you always roots my way. And I'll be able to learn several things about leadership. About the challenges that they face. About their travails, about their problems. At the highest level of this country, I've been privileged to interact with leaders. Several times we've sat to discuss the problem of Nigeria. And I tell you, the view from the up is different from the view from the ground. And when you have access to the information that they have, that makes them make the decision that they make, you'll be praying for them every day. Because sometimes it's between the devil and the deep blue sea. So, we look at Nigerians. Nigerians are a pleasure-loving people. We love pleasure. We don't love work. We want the rewards of pleasure. The reason why most people are in churches all over Nigeria today is because they want something from God. Not because they have come to worship him for who he is. God, I need to be in U.S. Do my own. And some people, they will dance very well and worship God. And just like that king, that king Herod, God will say, ask me whatever you want. And you know what they usually ask for? Give me the head of John the Baptist. Give me the head of my enemies. Die by fire. Blank check. You worship God, God wants to pew. Give the wrong answer. And you miss a golden opportunity. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. So, we can complain that our leaders don't keep their promises. Broken promises. Oh, they told us during the time of the election that they will do this, they will do that. What do you say when you give the pledge? To serve Nigeria with all my... Are you serving Nigeria with all your strength? The same thing God has. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all that. Nigeria asks the same thing. To serve Nigeria. You see, I use the church to measure how 
a person will be able to function in government circles. For example, if they say I should recommend somebody, this one for a position in government, and I look at your service to God, I say, no, this one will not, you won't cut it. Because if God that you claim to hold so much in high esteem, you can't serve him with all your strength. You just give the minimum to get back. You will fail in government. There's nothing you want to tell me. You will fail in government. The temptations are just too high. You will fail. So, if government breaks the promise, you too, you are breaking the promise. In your workplace, are you working with all your strength? The reason why Nigerians can function very well when they are overseas. Some people say it's an enabling environment. It's not an enabling environment. It's an enforced environment. You are, not, you are misbehaving in workplace. They sack you. There is no, my brother is in federal, is in civil service. I will go and meet him. He will make sure. No. You are off. McDonald's, you are working there fast food. We stand 12, 12 hours, you are standing. 8 hours, you are standing. You must not sit down and throw If you sit, you have lost your job. And the kind of job that you cannot do in Nigeria with delight. You see, the prodigal son, you look at the food that they are. You say, ah, I, be like, say, I eat this big food. With delight, you will wash flop. Dead body, you will wash it. Yeah, they say sweep the church. No, I can't do that. No, I'm too sophisticated for that. I will remember. No, I can't carry it. Beer, you will wash that body. You know what will push you? Bills. Because if you don't pay your bill, they will throw you out. You pay for your gas. You pay for your light. You pay for everything. You pay tax. Your salary. Here in Nigeria that you are dodging tax, they have deducted it from source. Every hundred dollars, you are paying like 35 or 40 dollars. So how much do you take it? 60 dollars. Ask the people that are there. Tell them pastor was lying to us today. These were the things he was telling us. Enforced compliance. Enforced. So one job is not enough anymore. You have to do two, three jobs. And your car is now like your home. Because there you have your toothbrush and everything. And you, and you can go days without bathing. You just take your perfume. And then you maintain. And then when you come to Nigeria, because of the dollar purchasing power you are posing. So... You, know, you can't tell everybody. If I tell you, I be out there, they see that. Now, who are go tell? You don't go tell. You just maintain and play the act. Ah, US, oh, Dagon. Ah, if you see, Nigeria is a, is, is, is a useless country. In the United States of America, you see the way we are enjoying. When you get there, you will know that they don't pick dollar on the ground. And you can't afford to be reckless. Their loss is too powerful. They will jail you. They can jail you for killing your dog. 
They'll tell you, for beating your daughter in here, straight to jail. There is no room for recklessness. No room for irresponsibility. That's how great nations are built. But in Nigeria, we just sit down and relax and we just expect a miracle to happen and Nigeria will be okay. Great nations are built with hard work. It's not the way we are working. No, this is not how people work. Our work ethic is extremely poor. Employ somebody today, all he's looking is how he will steal, you know, steal your customer, steal everybody and start his own. That's what they are looking for. Not to contribute. They are not coming, what can I contribute to this place to make it a great... They don't have the mindset of somebody like Jacob when he was working with Laban. Say no, their own is how can I corner as much as possible and upgrade? I've lived too much in Festac. Now I want to move to Banana Island. That's what they have been, they've been looking, looking for. And when the opportunity presents itself, forgetting that whatever you sow, you will also reap. So, shifting responsibility is very easy. It started in the Garden of Eden. Who is to blame? Ah, you see, oh, it's the snake. Is this, is that. But shifting responsibility, which is what you do when you blame somebody, does not solve the problem. The problem still remains. Excuses also does not solve the problem because of our time. Leadership. I've said that every one of us is a leader. Nations, families, people, they go through about four cycles when we are looking at generations. And that's how you see prosperous nations, even churches that are prosperous, you see that pattern. Even families that are doing well, you see that pattern. The first is that hard times create strong men. Hard times create strong men. I know I was raised. I was raised not to look for safety net in life. But to create my own safety nets. I was raised in such a way that I can exist with barely almost nothing. I also know how to abound, just like Paul. If you learn a lot from the COVID lockdown, you will know that some things are not essential, essential in life. Oh, you have lots of cloth there, but there's nowhere to go. They just cooped in your room. So you begin to know that all these things that we are crazy about are not really important. Hard times create strong men. That's the first generation. 
Now, the strong men that are created from that generation will create good times. We had our own independence, hard times, create strong men. Strong men like Chief Obafemi Awolowo. He was not just a leader, he was a movement. That's why you have the Awois movement. We had Zeke from the East. You have the Zikis movement. These are not just leaders. They are an embodiment of a movement. They have a body of philosophy. Strong men create good times. That's the second phase. The third phase, which was what happened to Nigeria, they created good times. There was oil boom. There was everything. Good times create weak men. Good times create weak men. When the good times came, that's why when I hear people talking about generational shit, I just, I just laugh. I mean, I'm going to speak about generational shit next Saturday. I just laugh. <laughs> if you know what strong men know, then you will know that patience is a virtue. There's a lot to learn. A lot, a lot to learn. A lot. So, we see that particular angle. Weak men create what? No, no, no. Good times create weak men. So, what did weak men now create? Weak men create hard times. Weak men create hard times. Now in Nigeria, what do we have? Hard times. Created by weak men. Weak men who cannot stand up and say, what you are doing is wrong. Full and yes, men. No, we can't allow that. Good times. Let's even go back in recent years. Dial back a little bit. Hard times create good times. He became a president when the nation was, everything was down. He had his experience, civil war, and all that. He created a good time. All the debts of Nigeria were paid. So what followed it? I don't want to mention any name and make this political. But you know where we are today. Weak men create hard times. Paul was saying to Timothy, he said, endure hardship as a true soldier of Christ. You cannot endure, you cannot be great. You cannot be great. Endure as she persevere. Some of you where you are working, where your boss is despising you and persecuting you, you will be the eventual owner of that place. But because you are not patient, 
You cannot endure. You run away. Even that is post. You are the one that will take over. God has planned it that way. You can't endure. Ah, no, 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 no. The part where Jesus said, Blessed are you when men persecute and despise you. For so they despise the prophet. It does not apply to you. Because you are a cafeteria Christian. You just choose the one you want. Uh, I take this. Shall be the head and not the tail. Uh, which other one? Uh, you will spend your days in ease and pleasure. Take that. You forget that the promised land, there is only one route to the promised land. is the wilderness. So what does God expect of us? Let me tie all this together. The same way he solved the problem of the world. Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. Like we have in Nigeria today. I tell you, and I've always said it. The problems of the world. Once you look at 1st, 2nd, 3rd chapter. Any problem you are facing, you can solve it from those three chapters. In this world. So, and the spirit was hovering over the earth. And he said what? Let there be light. And there was light. And then things began to take shape. Things began to take shape. We are in a state in the country where things are broken down. There was a systemic breakdown in the beginning of the earth just like we have in Nigeria today. The Holy Spirit is hovering. When we come to church like La Popo It's hovering over us. But Jesus said, Ye are the light of the world. The people said upon the hill shall not be eaten. But he said something also, which is what I've come to do today. He said, The light is the eye. The eye is the light of the body. He said, if the light that is in you is darkness, how great will that darkness be? Because you can't cure darkness with darkness. You can only cure darkness with light. So the first thing we need is mental emancipation. We need to begin to take responsibility and say, just like Nehemiah, Nehemiah said, we have done corruptly. We have destroyed this nation. We have failed you, O God. He began to say that. He was not part of the people that caused the problem, yet he took responsibility for the problem. Which time have you prayed passionately about Nigeria? Not the, oh, Father, Lord, is that kind of Pharisaic prayer that you pray in the church. No. Ah, if you pray for Nigeria, you will weep. You will weep your whole body like this. You will be vibrating. That level of weeping. That's what we call interceding, identification with the problems of Nigeria. 
You will weep. You will cry out to God. It's not something that is... If you look at Nigeria today, rape is a dozen a dime. We are trying to uh, beat South Africa record as the rape capital of the whole world. You can't leave your daughter or your with anybody now. The outcome you cannot see. Because people have schooled themselves with pornography. And some who can't get the hard ones, they, they busy themselves watching uh, uh, Big Brother. They are just waiting for that scene. Imagine somebody take look video. You want to see what will happen between Lekon and Nengi. To come to church for vigil is a problem. But to do vigil with big brother, as if they are going to give you part of the money. God help Nigeria. <laughs> so how can we fix all this? The light in us must be light indeed. And how can the light in us be light indeed? It becomes light indeed when it flows with love towards one another. When we have a true and genuine love for Nigeria, this country, David was saying, if I forget you, O Jerusalem, he caused himself. He placed a curse upon himself. He said, if I forget you, let my hand forget his coming. Today, don't we forget Nigeria? May God help us in Jesus' name. I'm saying this because God is only concerned about one thing and only one thing. And that is his people. He said, if my people that are called by my name should humble themselves, it takes humility to accept that you are wrong. I've seen people who spend their whole life trying to prove that what they do wrong is right. And I see them even in churches. They try or they are going to infuse their energy into proving that they are right. Some, they engage in arguments, they win arguments and they end up losing a friend. Because I see, And you ask them, is this argument, will they give you a trophy? That Mr. Ma, you are the champion. You won the argument. You lost a friend. Let's begin to think. Secondly, after accepting responsibility, we need to begin to fix things wherever we are. Whatever is broken. Look at the way people walk into their destiny in the Bible. They are fixing things. They notice a problem. They move to fix it. How did David defeat Goliath? He noticed a problem nobody was attending to. He moved to fix it. Goliath was defeated. How did Rebecca, was it Rebecca now, Raquel, 
Rebecca, after years, he saw a man who came. He noticed a problem. This man is not only thirsty, the camels also are thirsty. He fixed the problem. Esther, how did he have a name in the Bible? He noticed a problem. That the nations are about to be destroyed. He fixed that problem. She fixed that problem. She has a name in the Bible. There's a price we have to pay. And that means wherever we are, we should begin to pay the price. Those who are parents, begin to raise your children in the way and the fear of the Lord. Because they may eventually become future leaders of this country. And the values that you have imbued or implanted into them will speak. Those who are teachers in the place where you are teaching, teach people true values. Let your voice matter wherever you go. Give a kingdom opinion to issues wherever you go. Shed new light onto issues wherever you go. I sat with people several, it could be in the marketplace, it could be anywhere. I'll be discussing Nigeria and I give them my own perspective. And sometimes they will say, ah, how come? Why don't you look for a way to get across to the government? In my own corner, I'm shining my light. That song that we used to sing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. It is time for you to hold up your candles and begin to shine from where you are. A day is coming when there will be a critical mass of that effort and Nigeria will be a better country. God has already started. I've told you the solution for Nigeria is with the church. One of our fathers in the Lord, Baba Deboy was speaking day before yesterday and he spoke about restructuring Nigeria and he came out with a template. Go and read it. Punch of yesterday. He came out with a template that will solve this mess we are facing. was a mathematician, he's a mathematician or a mathematician before he became a clergyman. But what he gave out there, you know, is godly wisdom. And it takes, before God can download that into your spirit, before he can give you that, you must have encountered him in the room of intercession. Why this message is so critical to me is because God told me at the beginning of Kingdom House it's going to raise people from this place that will take up places in governmental position. And this part of our training. Learning to say no when everybody say yes. Learning to say no when people are mocking you all around. It's, it's part of training. Learning to handle criticism and being able to process it. Some of you don't realize that you are in training now. Handling difficult people. God takes you all that through that because he's taking you somewhere. 
It's never a God that fails. Hallelujah. So, let's begin to apply all these to our life from now. I'm going to close with this story. A man who is a builder and has been building several houses probably know that story before. As in building several houses. He's a good architect. A good builder, rather. And he was about retiring. And then, The wealthy man that he was always that is always building for said, I still have one house that I want you to build. He says, I want to retire now. He said, No, before you retire, just this one house. And I want this house to be the best house I've ever you know, built. So you are going to build this house. So the man said, Okay, I will. So he gave him the contract, the money, and everything. And the man thought to himself, I've been working for this man for long. I'm about retiring. What can I do? Let me begin to use Baruch cement. An inferior wood to build this house so that I will keep some money for myself. I think that man is probably a Nigerian. Abi? And he was doing all that. The house was big and elaborate. It's bigger than anything that that man has ever built. And when he finished the project, and completed, and they were about commissioning it. The man said, the rich man said, thank you for this beautiful house that you have built. This is my gift to you for all your years of service. The man broke down in tears and started weeping. People were bewildered. Why are you weeping? Okay, maybe it's tears of joy. Those of you who think you are doing Nigeria, you are doing yourself. Nigeria will exist after all of us are long gone. It will outlast everybody. So you can't do Nigeria. You can only do yourself. So let us begin to network with other people who are like-minded. Other people who are like-minded and raise up this country together. God was saying when he was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, if I see this number of people, maybe he's saying the same thing about Nigeria. If I see this number of Christians, maybe he's saying the same about Kingdom House. If I see this number of people in Kingdom House that are serious, some of them I will deliver the Senate office to them. Some of them will be governors. Some of them will be heads of parasita. Because I'm the one that takes up one and I put down another. 
promotion does not come from the east nor from the west. It depends on you. I want to impress upon your mind you are the one that can change this nation. Stand up and let us pray. We believe you have been blessed from this ministration today. Remember practical application of God's word produces unstoppable success. You can reach us with your testimonies, prayer requests or inquiries on 0802-277-0811 or via email, media at kingdomhouse.church or connect with us on our website at www.kingdomhouse.church. Till next time when we come your way, stay blessed.